You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Red Sox podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Jake Devereaux, joined as usual by my co-host, Matt Collins. We are here to bring you the best Red Sox coverage on the internet Monday through Friday, and we want to be part of your daily routine. So be sure to subscribe to us on Himalaya, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. This is your September 17th edition of the show, and on today's podcast, we are going to be chatting about uh, Andrew Benintendi, whether or not he's a viable trade option for the Red Sox. We'll also be talking about whether or not we think we can find anybody to take uh, David Price's contract off our hands, at least part of it. And uh, the final thing is we're going to be previewing a little bit of the Red Sox-Giants series by kind of talking about how interesting that team is. But before we do any of that, I want to talk to you about Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats app help you get your favorite get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. All right, Matt. Let's get to it. Um, so one of the ideas that I've been really interested in lately, um, and I guess that sounds way more enthusiastic than I actually should be for this, and I'm not actually enthusiastic for this possibility, but given the 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 financial situation that the Red Sox are painting, and you know, we think about that very differently than the team does, obviously. But they've been talking about this inability to be able to keep um, Mookie Betts and JD Martinez at the same time with what those guys are going to be owed, so they likely need to make a decision on those guys. But I've been trying to think about how the team could possibly keep both of those players long term, or at least Mookie long term. And one of the ways to do that, I think, would be by exploring a trade option for Andrew Benintendi this upcoming winter. Andrew Benintendi is going to be entering his first season of arbitration. Um, he's going to probably make somewhere around like five or six million, I would estimate, in his first arb year. He's had a few good seasons here, um, but he's going to start getting expensive pretty quickly. And the idea here is that Andrew Benintendi still has three years of, you know, arbitration where teams can can control him and, and keep him and. I think he would actually fetch a much larger prospect package than if you traded Mookie or if you traded JBJ or, you know, basically anybody on the roster. So I think it could be a good way to restock the farm system and cut a little bit of cash off the payroll. And I think that left field is an area that the Red Sox could fill internally. Could they? I think so. I don't know who's filling that internally. I think they could play Dalbeck or uh, Chavis there. I mean, that's tough to do when they have literally no experience, especially at Fenway Park. I think you'd probably also uh, get J.D. Martinez in there. Yeah, I hate that, too. I mean, it's not perfect, but, you know, if you're looking to save some money, those guys I don't know. are all viable bats. I guess I just don't... I don't think you're saving that much money. You're saving more money long-term, but... I don't know. I don't think the long-term money is as much of a concern as the short-term money is. Um, the CBA is going to be drastically different in two years. We don't know what the luxury tax is going to look like. The Red Sox probably have a slightly better idea of what that could look like, but I don't really think anybody knows with any sort of certainty um, what's going to happen in the CBA. So I think it's really about clearing short-term money. And like you said, Benetton is going to be 
probably on the books for what'd you say five six million? I mean that yeah, sounds that's that sounds answer. reasonable. I don't really think that's a, enough of a difference maker um, kind of salary to trade a young controllable player who is having a down year. Um, I guess if you think this is who Ben Attendee is, there's a better case for it. I think he's a lot better than the way he's playing. Um, so I, I just don't really see the benefits. Um, the one benefit I guess I could see is if you trade him for, not for prospects, but for a controllable starter, and so you don't have to spend that money in free agency to fill that hole. That can save you some short-term money, but um, I mean, we already talked about I don't think they were planning on, they're planning on spending a whole lot of money in that area anyways, so um, I mean, I guess I get the logic, but I just, I wouldn't I don't really think there's enough reason to do it. Well, I, I want to also reiterate here that if we estimate Benny's going to get like five to six in his first year arbitration, that's not the year that we're really worried about. It's the next year of arbitration for Ben Attendee that we're worried about because that's when when Ben Attendee's due for his second arbitration raise, that's when the Red Sox are going to be trying to re-sign Mookie Betts. So that number is probably going to be more like $8 million at that point. Which still is a lot of money. I mean, it would really be the third arb year, and then obviously after he gets through arb, but that's also one of the CBA um, is going to change. I mean, I think if you're in single-digit millions, that's not really a concern. I don't know with the with the way the Red Sox have been operating, though. I mean, eight million dollars would seem like a well landfall right now, and not to mention the amount of prospects that you could bring back with a guy like Benintendi. I just I'm not in a mode where I care about prospects at all and maybe that's just not looking at the team the right way but I just I can't get excited about the possibility of prospects for a team with Devers and Fogarts and Betts and Benintendi and everybody else in this roster hmm yeah I guess I think that um, it's not the worst thing in the world in this current baseball environment to go for some high end prospects and I think that if you were to trade Benintendi what kind of prospects do you think they would get for Benintendi, I think they would easily get two top 25 prospects. Whoa, I don't. So let's just let's just float this out there. Let's just say that they traded Benintendi to, like, uh, Atlanta and got somebody like Drew Waters back. Like, that guy's almost almost a, a big leaguer at this point who could slot right into the MLB and start, you know, playing probably as soon as 2020, maybe even as soon as next year. I mean, I think they could get a couple pretty big-name guys for a guy like Benintendi. I think it would be... I don't think Benintendi has as much value as you think. Um, I mean, he's had three seasons in the majors, and two of them he's just been like an average player. One of them he's been good. Um, But I guess I also don't know... I don't know if I could get behind trading a young controllable outfielder for a younger, less proven, more controllable outfielder. Um, I mean, I get that Drew Waters is a really good prospect and all of that, but Ben Attendee was the number one prospect in baseball, you know? Yeah, I guess I just am of the belief that um, Major League prospects are playing a lot quicker than they ever have before. Like, we're just seeing so many early 20s guys come up and actually have an impact on the game. Right, but now Benintendi's getting expensive. So that's that's the thing. Like, if you can trade back for somebody whose clock is, you know, still team control, I think that's something you at least have to explore. 
I don't. I get. I mean, I think they're going to explore everything. I just, I don't think they're going to get any sort of major, major package for Benintendi, and I don't think they're going to be able to easily replace him. Um, and I think there's a lot. I think Benintendi's a lot better than what he's shown. I think the team thinks that too. I would be surprised if they traded him. But just the way that everybody has spoken about Benintendi since the day he was drafted, um, and nobody's ever really wavered on that. I just can't see them souring him so quickly. Who do you think they'll get a bigger package for? One year Mookie or three years of Benintendi? It's, I mean, baseball is so weird right now. I think it would probably be about even. Wow. I just don't even think that that's remotely true. I think that it would be way slanted for Benintendi. But maybe, I mean, I know. Maybe I'm way off. I don't know. I mean, I know control is, I mean, Paul Goldschmidt is the guy I guess I look at. Mookie is better than Goldschmidt was when he was traded. He was younger, um, and but he's also harder to sign. I mean, Goldschmidt signed long term, but uh, was he signed? He was supposed to be a free agent before he got traded, right? I believe he had one year left. Yeah, yeah, which would be yeah. So I mean, he got a pretty. He got about the package that I guess I would expect for Benintendi. Yeah, I think that prospects that prospect package would be light for what Benintendi would get because he's just 25. I think a lot of people value that athleticism. I think first base is, well, I mean, who cares? At this point, like, it's a possibility, probably one that they'll at least look at and explore. I think they're going to look at everything, like you said, but, you know. I think the only guys that won't even be considered to be moved are Devers and Bogarts. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Yeah, yeah, you're not moving Sale with his value being what it is right now. Yeah, that's a different situation, but yeah. Um, all right, so let's move on to the idea of David Price. So here's my my thing. David Price obviously still has three years left on his deal. The team's going to have to pay him $32 million check for the next three seasons. He's still a valuable pitcher when he's healthy, but I do think that he might be more valuable to some other clubs. And with the Red Sox looking to save money here, uh, on the Over the Monster podcast yesterday, we were talking about if a team was willing to take on, say, half the money, so the Red Sox were paying like $16 million a season and another team was paying $16 million per, would you get rid of that money to open up $16 million of, of cash for the team? And I think the answer for me is hell yeah. And I think that there's a lot of National League clubs out there that could benefit from some veteran pitching like David Price. So I actually am encouraged by what I think the market will be for a trade like that. And I think that a lot of teams would be just fine with a $16 million David Price on their team. Who? I think that the Padres would make a lot of sense. I think that both Chicago and the uh, Milwaukee Brewers would make a lot of sense. And I think that even the Mets and the Nationals would make some sense. Mets, Nationals, and Phillies would make some sense. Yeah. I first thought it was the Angels for some reason. But, um, I mean, again, it comes down to you have to replace him in the rotation. And that's a lot harder to ask than finding a left fielder. Um, so, I mean, if this is just the straight salary dump, if you're eating half the money and then trading him for, like, a lottery ticket or whatever, I, I don't like that. But think about what that opens you up to do, man. That might open you up to be able to re-sign Mookie Betts. 
ultimately. Like, that could be the difference. It really could with the financial situation for the Red Sox. And let's just say you go out there and you sign, like, a Kyle Gibson and a Tanner Roark to get you through next year. Like, wouldn't you take a downgrade in the rotation for one year in order to free up some money to be able to re-sign Mookie Betts? I mean, hell yeah, I take that opportunity every time. Yeah, of course. I mean, whatever it takes to get Mookie here long-term, it's just... I don't think I've reckoned how I, – I just don't – I don't buy that they need to save that much money and to do something that drastic, and I still think that when push comes to shove, they're going to cough up the money for Mookie Betts, no matter what, because they're just so image conscious, and that would destroy their image. But, yeah, I mean, if it was the difference between keeping and losing Mookie Betts, obviously you do whatever it takes – whatever – Ends with Mookie Betts staying long term. It's the movie make. There's just probably not another move you can make that is as obvious a cost saver as trading David Price would be. Like even if you traded Nate Eovaldi to somebody who really wanted him for a pretty light package and they took on his whole contract, that would still only be seventeen million dollars that you're saving. So that it it just seems like outside of dumping Mookie Betts, that's like the one big cost saver you could really make next year. No, I mean, J.D. opting out. Right, but you don't have any control of that. No, of course not. But I'm just saying, I think that's the most obvious way to make that work. But, uh, yeah, I guess, like I said, I just still don't buy anything that they're talking financially, and I guess I, I'm just not going to believe it until I start to see them act like it. Yeah, I'm I'm fully in belief that they are, they are going to... Um... I believe they're going to try and sell it. Yeah. I mean, I think that report was as much putting out feelers to see how much people care than anything else. Yeah, well, we, we care a lot. We definitely care a lot. Some people do. We are going to take a quick break right here, and when we come back after a word from our sponsor, we are going to chat about the Giants. When you need red wine at 4 p.m., sushi at 9 p.m., a breakfast burrito at 8 a.m., and ibuprofen at 10 a.m., just Postmate it. Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the U.S., and they offer delivery from all the restaurants, grocery and convenience stores, and traditional retailers you could possibly want or need. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, Postmates will bring you what you need within the hour. No more trips to the store. You don't even need to know where the store is. Postmates will deliver anything to you. Download the app on iOS or Android for free. Browse local restaurants and businesses and track your delivery in real time. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use the code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Download Postmates and save with code Locked On. All right, welcome back to the show. Um, so this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, the Red Sox are going to be playing the New York Giants. A very interesting New team. New York Giants. What year is this? Jesus. What sport is this? Yeah, the San Francisco Giants. I uh, just stepped out of my time machine and uh, dusted off my pants. I was in the Great Depression. Um, but anyhow, um, yeah, the New York... <laughs> fuck. 
<laughs> they play in San Francisco, Jake. San Francisco Giants are coming here, which is strange. They don't usually do that a lot. But even stranger, there's going to be a Stremski in the building. Yeah, so, I mean, that's – I think this whole series is super interesting. Um, I think it's kind of a bummer that both teams are at contention. Um, this is, like – this is the two teams of the decade, or at least the – from each league. Um, obviously, the Giants were the team of the decade for the NL. I think the AL is probably a little less clear because the Red Sox had some last-place finishes. But as of right now, they're the only team with multiple World Series champions. So um, I think this matchup is interesting from that perspective. Obviously, Yaz is the big story, though. Um, Mike Yastrzemski, Mike uh, I just started being able to spell Yastrzemski without looking it up today. So today's been a big day for me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's... Grand grandson of Yaz. Um, he's from Andover. Um, Wait, what? Did you just call Andover Andover? Yeah, that's what my dad calls it because they're rich. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, the, all those local connections are obviously uh, really interesting. I'm kind of more interested in some other players on the roster, but um, I don't know if you have anything to say about Yaz. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a super cool story. He's a guy who went to Vandy. He kind of grinded out through the minors. He wasn't a huge prospect when he was coming up. And twenty nine. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's been he's been around the minor leagues for a long time. I, I remember when he was in high school because I mean, he grew I grew up close to Andover, um, and he's a he's a year ahead of me. So it's kind of weird that he's still a rookie because I'm not that young anymore. His story is also interesting. He just seems like a super humble guy in that um, all the stories you ever read about him, it's like he doesn't really use his name to his advantage, even though he's like a local guy. And uh, his dad played minor league baseball as well. And um, his dad actually passed away super early at 43 from um, complications due to a, like a minor surgical procedure. So that was kind of a big loss in the middle of his playing career. And I guess his grandfather really kind of stepped in and has been super active in his life in terms of helping, giving him advice on his playing career and things like that. So it seems like he's had a hell of a ride and to be having the success he is in the major leagues is just, it's awesome to see. He seems like a great guy. He's going to get a huge cheer. Like it's going to be, that's going to be the loudest cheer. Of probably the rest of the season at Fenway. Yeah. It's the first time his name is announced. Uh, so that'll be cool. Yeah, it'll be wicked cool. It's just it's just cool to have a Yaz in Fenway because we never got to see Yaz at Fenway. No, I did not. No. Um, more exciting than that, Mauricio Devon's coming home. <laughs> That's the real story of this week. Oh, so the whole story about why you wanted to talk about the Giants really comes out now, huh? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I'm so excited about this. I am just over the moon. Um, people that know me know that Bone is my guy. Um, you guys eat dinner? I wish. Um, he is just the best. Uh, he was prospecting the Red Sox system a long time. He came out of nowhere. He is a fantastic story um, from Honduras. Uh, he, they had a mission, uh, missionary group from California went out there, taught him baseball. He ended up going back to California with them, um, to play. He played in high school, got drafted. He's came out of nowhere. He's, by all accounts, everybody who's ever met him, he's just the nicest, uh, 
basically the greatest guy that anybody's ever met. I mean, I've never heard anybody say anything not extremely flattering about him. And he is super fun to watch. Uh, he weirdly has three home runs in 16 games, which I don't really understand. I know baseball's juice, but even for him, uh, even with that, that's pretty crazy. But I mean, he's a fast guy, just puts the ball in play all the time. It, it's I love that style of baseball. I love Mauricio Dubon. I am so excited to see him at Fenway. He's going to be wearing the wrong uniform. I will never forget the Red, forgive the Red Sox for making that move, but I am excited to see him, and he's not going to get the reaction that I wish he'd get. Well, Matt, I, I mean, I wish I had anything to add that could better that, but I can't, so I think that's a great place to end the show. Well, I wanted to say just one more thing about the Giants. Um, I am looking forward to seeing uh, Buster Posey and Madison Bumgarner, even though they are not themselves anymore. Um, like you said, at the top, the Red Sox don't get to play the Giants very often, so we never really got to see a whole lot of Buster Posey and Buster, uh, Madison Bumgarner in their primes, but it's still Buster Posey and Madison Bumgarner. I mean, too, I still think Posey's a Hall of Famer. It's definitely not as certain as it was early in his career, but um, he's one of, if not the greatest catcher I've ever seen. Fair. When he was in his prime, I mean, he was unbelievable, so I... Loved watching both of those guys from afar, and Bumgarner is pitching in the series. He's pitching Thursday afternoon. Um, so I'm just... There's a lot of kind of names from five, ten years ago in this Giants lineup that I'm excited to see, even though they're fast up prime. Well, I wholeheartedly agree with you that Buster Posey is a Hall of Famer. So that is cool. I agree. All right, I am excited too, and it's been a real long time since they've played the New York Giants at Fenway. <laughs> yeah, probably, what, 70 years? Yeah, at least, <laughs> if ever. I don't even know if that ever happened. Probably did at probably. some point. I don't know. But that's our show. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you did, go on and rate and review us and subscribe to the show. You can subscribe to the show at Locked On Red Sox. Uh, anywhere you get your podcasts and you can also follow us on twitter you can follow the twitter handle for locked on at lo underscore red Sox. you can follow matt at matt ry collins and you can follow me at dev jake you can ask us questions and interact with us there and you can also urge other red Sox fans to subscribe to the show we always appreciate that and fans of the league as a whole tune into locked on mlb to get an overview of what's happening in the league in just 15 minutes so thank you very much and we'll be with you tomorrow